and tyre retailer keeping you safe on the roads tyrepower.com.au Morn team Hyundai at Port Adelaide all your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes to 7. Good morning to you. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And a thank you to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Mark Bickley, going to be a huge show today. Not too far away, Simon Hill's going to join us to talk not just about the Matildas, who prepare to play their final game in Perth tonight as one of the Olympic qualifiers, but also a bit of insight into Adelaide United and how they are going this season. They've scored nine goals and conceded none. Those nine goals they have scored against last year's grand finalists. So things are looking very good for Carl Vietz Reds at the moment. Um, and also we'll speak to Matt Clark and Lauren Arnell, head coaches of both our AFLW sides here in South Australia. If you want to send us a text, 0427154166. We are asking what you did for Halloween. Also, what's the coolest thing about Adelaide? Can you just repeat, Mark Bickley, the news about where we now rank when it comes to coolness? Yeah, the Wall Street Journal uh, ranked Adelaide as the coolest city in Australia. So um, they, they particularly pointed out it's ideal for gastronomes and nature lovers. So um, there you go. Are you either of those? Yeah, I've got some gastro problems. Um, I did have a look. It says uh, gastronomy is the study of the relationship between food and culture and the art of preparing and serving rich or delicate and appetizing food. Mm. Um, and I think that's true. We've got a very good food culture, and I no think doubt. that is showcased. I know um, I talk a lot about the World Game, and I make no apologies for that, but when the Women's World Cup was here it gave us a really good insight into how multicultural South Australia is and how many different parts of the world are represented, um, which also helps us with cuisine too because there's just such an influence from so many parts of the world. So we're very lucky to have mm. such a multicultural part of Australia. Mm. I think the other thing as well is the, the pristine environment we have to grow the produce and you think about how close it is. So whether that's seafood, whether that's... Uh, the Adelaide Hills and what's going on out there or Virginia, we, we, we're the food bowl. We've got this great food bowl of, of natural produce around us and so close to us. So that, you know, if you're, if you are a, an eatery or a chef, you've got the greatest ingredients to, to ply your trade. And that was sort of talked about in the, uh, the article as well. So anyway, tell us what you think about uh, Adelaide and why it's cool. If you haven't heard, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12th. You're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Let's head into our sports update on this Wednesday morning. Okay, let's start off uh, with netball. Australia has completed a hugely successful 2023 campaign by sweeping South Africa in their three-match netball series. That's where Jared Walsh is at the moment in Hobart. They had a win last night, 77-50. to 50. So it means they finished the year with 16 victories from 19 tests. They won the Quad Series, they won the World Cup and the Constellation Cup prior to playing the Proteas. So... Uh, well done to the Diamonds. Uh, former champions Pakistan have kept alive their slender chances of making the semi-finals of the 50-over World Cup with a seven-wicket win over Bangladesh. So uh, well done to Bangladesh. This is interesting. Saudi Arabia was the only football association to present a bid to host the 2034 FIFA World Cup. Uh, 
that was before the deadline closed. One bid was put in. FIFA then invited bids from Asia and Oceania, uh, but nobody decided to put in. Australia said it would not be presenting a bid to host the tournament, leaving Saudi Arabia as the only candidate. Now, I assume everyone just thinks, you know what? There's a bottomless pit of money coming from Saudi Arabia. We are not going to waste a big pot. I think it's around $50 million the last time we decided to bid for something like that. And if you spend that type of money and you don't get it, that could be put into other stuff. So um, anyway. Yeah, it was interesting. Yesterday, Football Australia put out a statement and um, the statement effectively said, we've explored the opportunity to host the FIFA World Cup and having taken all factors into consideration, we've reached a conclusion not to do so for the 2034 competition. Instead, we believe we're in a strong position to host the oldest women's international competition in the world, the AFC Women's Asian Cup in 26, then welcome the greatest teams in world football for the 29 FIFA Club World Cup. So they've mm, they've basically had a bit of a soft blow when they've said, hey, we're going to do this, but also, by the way, we're not doing this. Yeah. And as I said, it's probably a smart move. Let's not get mm. in a bidding war against Saudi Arabia. That would be uh, that would be foolish. Um, mm. I want to talk uh, NBA as well, please, mm. Jared. Now, James Harden finally got his wish to be traded to the LA Clippers. Talk to me about it because I'm looking at some articles and it's being described as one of the uh, – uh, where are we? James Harden trade – did the 76ers get enough? How much does James Harden have left in the tank? Full details of the blockbuster trade. Look, there's about 100 articles on it. What is going on? Did it did it go down well? It's bizarre. And again, we've spoken about this before, Bix. It just shows that player power in American sport is number one. So he indicated that he wanted a move from the 76ers. This was soon after he made a move from Brooklyn. In July last year, James Harden signed a two-year, $108 million deal. And he got to a point where things didn't go his way. So he came out publicly and said in relation to the boss of the Philadelphia 76ers, Daryl Morey, his name is, he said, Daryl Morey is a liar. I'll never be part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. So he doubled down. Daryl Morey is a liar. I'll never be part of an organization that he's a part of. And he then chose, they've played about three or four games this season already, to be at the games and sit out. So he's demanding a trade. And he's got form doing this. So it was late yesterday afternoon, which was around 2 o'clock in the morning US time, where it was revealed. Now I'm going to talk you through how this player movement worked. I'll keep it pretty simple for you. Please. So James Harden will end up going to the LA Clippers to join three other really big players. So Russell Westbrook is there. Paul George is there. Kawhi Leonard. I know you're really across all of these Mm -hmm. names. But this is what happened in the trade. So going to the LA Clippers is James Harden, PJ Tucker, and Philippe Petrosev. So the first two names there are big-time players. Philadelphia receive Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, KJ Martin. So four players and three draft picks. Mm. So it's a se- it's basically seven for three, and it's people still saying that Philadelphia have kind of lost out. But ultimately, the whole thing about this and where I feel we need to be very careful in Australia, especially when we have something like a mid-season trade, if you have a disgruntled player, now more than ever, 
players have so much more control in where they want to go with their destiny. And yes, we can scoff over. No, it means nothing when players say, hey, I won't be prepared to move. For example, say Harley Reid came out and said, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be going over to Western Australia. Player power is number one now. America is an inflated example, mm. but we still need to be careful over here. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll say to that is is the numbers are so astronomical. Like for mm. James Harden, he's clearly rich enough that he doesn't need the money. And if he doesn't, if he refuses to play, and maybe he, uh, you know, that that is in breach of his contract, and they say we're not going to give you fifty million dollars, he says, well, you know what, I've got two hundred million in the bank, I don't need it. Harley Reid says, I'm not traveling to WA and, and the West Coast Eagles take him. And he says, well, I'm not going to go. Well, he's not an, you know, like what's he do? He, he doesn't earn a cent and he's, and he hasn't got any money. So, um, yeah. and the, and most kids just want to play. So I, I know there are some examples, but I think, um, we are not in the stratosphere where we've got players that are so rich that they can afford to turn their back on the average wage now, half a million dollars. How many players are prepared to sit out? for two years and, and forego a million dollars. Um, I just don't think there's that many players in the AFL that are going to do that. I think it's a really good point you make there, and I completely agree with you. The other thing I feel for is the fans of the team. So yeah. if you think about the Philadelphia 76ers, where it was only uh, 18 months ago, they had Ben Simmons playing for them. You know, they had, a, they had a championship contending team, and now they've lost Ben Simmons and lost the guy that he was traded for, and they have to start again. You go from zero to 100, where you go into a season having so much faith, then your whole organization is blown up, and you go, okay, cool, we're not going to compete this year. They've got, what, another 78 games to mm. play. So it's it's a challenging thing. I know this is kind of like my, my passion and I love talking about it. Um, so let's let's quickly turn our attention um, before we head to Simon Hill. And that is uh, to Clayton Oliver. So we heard yesterday from Simon Goodwin and Gary Pert from the Melbourne Football Club. Clayton Oliver spoke last night to Seven News. I just wanted to get your take on what he had to say. Bix, let's have a listen to him. Oh, it's been a little bit stressful. It usually doesn't get to me. I take medication for my ADHD, so I've been talking to doctors about that for a while and <clears throat> sort of been lightheaded and high heart rate. That sort of affects me a fair bit and I sort of fainted that day off the Watt bike. I was in bed sleeping at Joel's and got up to get, to, yeah, to get a drink and then so the next thing I was sort of on the ground. Mm, um, there you go, that's uh, Clayton Oliver. Yeah, that's the first time you've heard that, okay? So yeah. I heard this last night. I, I watched this, and again, yesterday, after listening to Simon Goodwin and Gary Pert, watching Clayton Oliver say everything that he said then, I don't know if it's just me, but I scrutinise everything that's coming out of Melbourne and coming out mm. from, from what Clayton Oliver says now. I, I would go, you didn't need to have that interview. You didn't need to say anything, because I've learnt nothing now. Yeah, look, I, I think the reason Clayton Oliver probably spoke is there's been... Rightly or wrongly, there's been a lot of discussion around his issues. And when you say, oh, he's got personal issues and there's, you know, and there's scuttlebutt, uh, there's, you know, there's invariably people will want to take it to uh, things like uh, illicit drugs and he's got a problem there. And, and when they, when you try and cover some of that stuff and, and try and keep it in, then uh, you leave a void and the, that void is filled by people that make up stuff. And so at least here he's being, you know, it appeared that he's being open and honest. He, he's been brave enough to say, look, I've got this condition, which is ADHD, which a lot of people uh, have. And this is some of the things, the problems I have with it. So I actually appreciated hearing that because 
you know, it's, it's difficult because you don't want to, you can't really push too hard with clubs and coaches when they say, this is a private issue. He's got some private problems. He's got personal challenges. It's hard to sort of push too much on that. But when the player comes out and says, this is what I'm dealing with, then you have to accept that. All right. What do you think? Zero four two seven one five four one double six. We're in studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It is a quarter to seven. Next, we are going to catch up with the voice of football, Simon Hill.